Hello everyone, I'm Ryan Garcia from Fireside Knicks with my friend and co-host Dylan Backer. And in today's video, we're talking about the biggest offseason needs and the biggest offseason target for the New York Knicks. Now, you know, this is one of those things where in the NBA, you know, obviously it's hard to figure out who's available and not available until the conclusion of the postseason. But I think a lot of the guys we're going to be talking about at least either A, had some sort of reports of being traded or B, are just on bad teams and are on pretty, uh, you know, are expiring deals or close to expiring deals and could be moved. Um, you know, the offseason for the Knicks is going to be interesting. Obviously, there are a lot of things that they want to address. You know, not that this team was bad or anything, but, you know, I think having a really good year adds pressure to get better, right? We saw, like, how the Knicks reacted to making the postseason the first time. They signed Fournier. They bring in Kevin Walker. Um, you know, they, they made some pretty they made some pretty notable moves that offseason. Now, did they all work out? No. Um, but they still went out there and were aggressive in the free agent market, relatively speaking. Um, you know, I think that we're going to see a similar reaction this offseason. Not necessarily saying that he's going to go, we're going to go out and give like $72 million to a guy who can shoot and can't do anything else. But, um, you know, I think that we're going to go out and we're going to at least explore the market and try to make moves, uh, whether that's on the trade front or the free agent front, that remains to be seen. But with that being all said, Dylan, how are you doing today, my friend? And, you know, kind of get us started here with what, what are you looking for in a guy you're adding to the Knicks and then kind of start throwing out some ideas for we can acquire. Right. So, you know, my biggest like target is kind of in the wing area, honestly. Get a good wing that can defend and shoot, of course, because you need to improve spacing. You know, my first target, he's more of a guard slash wing type player, like almost like a Quentin Grimes almost, but a little bit better. Gary Trent Jr. And some of these some people might say that the fit might not be there, but me personally, I think Gary Trent Jr. could fit into this rotation if you slot him into like the shooting guard spot or the small forward spot even and move RJ to the two. Kind of just depends what you feel like is better for Trent. But Trent's not a bad player. I think this would be a good fit. You know, he averaged 17 points, two rebounds, one assist. Of course, it was mostly just the points with the Raptors. But, you know, he shot the ball pretty well. He shot 43 from the field, which isn't super high. But he shot 36% from three, which is pretty good. You know, I think he's a good 3 and D guy. He was top five in the league in steals per game at 1.6 this year, which is pretty, pretty good. You know, you get a good guy who can defend and, you know, with good hands, he can rip the ball from people and stuff like that. I think this is the type of guy you could stick on to, um, you know, opposing teams, better players. You know, is this someone that you want to put on their best player? Maybe, maybe not. But you can definitely put him onto someone that's like their secondary threat or their second option. You know what I mean? I think Trent would be a good option here because I think he's the type of guy that can, you know, he can space the floor, of course. He could shoot. You have to respect his three-point shot. You know, he's always been a respectable three-point shooter his entire career. You know, looking up and down his numbers in the NBA, he's shot, you know, 41 from three, 39 from three, 35, 38, 38. Always been respectable from three his entire career. You know, he's never had, like, a bad shooting season. And that therefore, you have to respect his shot. So he already improves the spacing in that regard. And, you know... He shoots on a higher volume, so you get more scoring out of him instantly because he's willing to shoot the ball more often. He averaged 17 points this year. He's averaged at least 15 points in every season since 2020, so he's always willing to score the basketball. He's not willing. To, he's not just looking to, you know, not score. And I'm not saying, like, you know, he's, like, an absolute, you must replace Quentin Grimes type thing. No, I think Quentin Grimes did really well this year, and if they stuck with Quentin Grimes, I'd be okay with it. I think Trenta would upgrade a little bit in that area of scoring, though, and I feel like there is a segue to where you can slot him in and move Quentin Grimes to the bench if you kept Quentin Grimes. I feel like there's a way you could do that, but 
that's kind of just an idea. You know, I don't think, you know, he was someone that was on my radar during the trade deadline. Trent Jr. I'm talking about here. He was someone I was definitely looking at and kind of intrigued in. I like his game. I've always been a fan of his game. I feel like he'd be good on this Knicks team. But I understand if they can't really find a way for him to get in. I kind of understand that. That's just how it is. But I feel like it's someone that you should keep an eye on because I think he would be someone that'd be interesting to look at and be interesting to play with Jalen Brunson. I think that'd be fun to watch. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, uh, personally speaking, you know, I think that when we're talking about, um, you know, spacing the floor and helping the Knicks kind of generate more offense from the perimeter, I think that, you know, that's a priority for the Knicks this offseason, um, you know, and kind of looking at the market, you know, not that there is a shortage of shooting, but, you know, you don't want to overly invest in someone, you know, you don't want to end up with another 40 year situation, you know, not to disrespect the guy, but, you know, it the contract did not turn out very well. So you have to also make sure that when you're acquiring anyone, you're getting a good fit. You know, I think Grimes plays his role well, but maybe you move him to a bench role or maybe, you know, whoever, you know, whoever we acquire as a wing or as a guard type, you know, can play the two and three who can come off the bench. Maybe, maybe they provide a scoring option that you can use late in games to close games out or, you know, just provide extra looks. You get a little more creative, see how that those lineups play with each other. Um, and, and I think that Tom Thibodeau is a, is a smart enough coach to identify which guys he likes, which guys are doing well in the offense, which guys aren't. Um, you know, he's done a pretty good job of that. All criticism, you know, include when we're thinking about all the criticisms of Tom Thibodeau, I don't think, um, you know, plays bad players is one of those things on that list. Um, I think he's done a pretty good job of weeding out the good from the bad for the lineup. Um, and, you know, kind of playing off of this idea, I, I, I personally think my guy um, as like kind of a, you know, whether he starts or whether he comes off the bench, I think that would depend on what the roster construction looks like. But Alec Burks, uh, look, old friend Alec Burks here. Look, I know that Burks didn't have the best final year uh, with the Knicks before getting traded, but I think a lot of that had to do with playing point guard, um, and I think you can agree with me on that. I think it's kind of unfair to judge his 2022 season as, oh, well, you know, he was shooting 39% from the field. He's just bad at basketball. I think he's one of those guys who can impact the court without shooting well as well. Um, he's one of those guys who, you know, can play pretty decent defense, um, can help space the floor, of course, has some gravity to him. This year, he shot 43% from the floor, which isn't elite by any means, but when Almost half of your attempts are coming from three. Uh, actually, over half his attempts, statistically, he took 4.73s a game, averaged nine field goals a game, shot 41% from three, 81% from the free throw line. That's something the Knicks also need to be better in, free throw shooting. I don't want to acquire another guy who can't shoot. It felt like there were stretches of the season last year where they were losing on free throws. They were games that they would have won had they shot better from the free throw line. Not to say that this team, you know, is going to lose if they don't acquire a free throw shooting threat, but it definitely makes it harder to win these close games when you're getting fouled a bunch and you have a lead. He had a six. 60% true shooting percentage on the year. Again, pretty solid defensive guy. You can throw, you can either have him as a bench scoring option for you, or maybe as someone that plays the two spot or the, or, you know, maybe the three spot, maybe move RJ to the two spot. Who knows? Um, it can give you some really good spacing on that and, and uh, for that offense. I mean, if you imagine Brunson, um, you know, one of Grimes maybe, or maybe even is just Barrett who can't really space that much, but you have Randall in there and you have Burks in there. Those three guys can space the four adequately. Um, it gives you another guy who can go out there and, and you know, get some buckets. We all know the about fourth quarter Alec Burks, how he can just turn to Michael Jordan sometimes. Um, but, you know, I think he'd be a pretty good fit. I know that there are some people who do not like Alec Burks. Um, and to them, I have to say, grow up a little bit. 
Um, you know, if you could acquire a guy who can be a 3 and D guy for you and provide you some spacing, I don't care what your opinion of them is. Um, this isn't a guy with like outstanding, uh, or like outstanding off the field issues that we have to talk about. This is just a dude who happened to be a victim of having to play point guard for the New York Knicks. Um, you know, so I, I don't know if you feel differently here, but I feel like it, where there's a little bit of a stigma with bringing, I think guys back from that 2022 team. I feel like he's one of the guys who there should be no stigma with him. I think he'd be a really good fit for this team. No, I, I agree, actually. You know, I, unironically enough, I kind of wanted Alec Burks at the trade deadline. You know, I, I kind of knew they weren't going to make the trade for him, but I wasn't opposed to the idea. You know, I had seen the idea float around a little bit, and I was like, you know, he would be pretty good for this team right now, I think. You know, he kind of fit in pretty well. If you expand the rotation back to 10 guys, you could slot him in off the bench as the, as the two guard or something like that and have him become, you know, what he always was when he was with us, you know, aside from playing point guard, of course. But before that, when he'd come off the bench and just score, just score the basketball, and he was pretty good at it. You know, and like you said, this year, he shot really, really well from three. You know, he played he played much better this year. I know he was on the lowly Pistons, so you don't really look at his stats and go, whoa, he was amazing. You know, whoa, this guy is a awesome bucket getter. You know, he was just a pretty good player. You know, it's always been that way. He's always been a solid player who can just score, defend pretty well, you know, space the floor. He's not even that bad of a playmaker. It's just, you know, he's not a point guard, so you're not going to rely on him to, you know, make those plays. You're going to rely on someone else to make those plays. But now that we have, you know, an actual point guard assembly this time, I think you could, you know, if you were to, you know, inv- kind of have the invitation to bring back Burks, I wouldn't be opposed to it at all. You know, you could have him actually play his role once again, and you could put him back on the bench and have him properly playing the shooting guard role and not the point guard spot. You know, fourth quarter AB was always the best thing to ever watch when the dude would just hit every shot down the stretch and become our clutch bucket getter. That was awesome. You know, I missed that. I Like, out of all those bench guys from that 2022 team, I miss Alec Burks. I miss Alec Burks. But anyways, I kind of want to segue into my next guy. You know, I would have brought up OG Ananobi, but we've talked about OG Ananobi a lot, and the Knicks almost did get him at the trade deadline. But I kind of want to, you know, bring up someone a little new. It's newer in a sense, but he has been floated around in Knicks rumors. It's Mikael Bridges. And I don't, you know, I just want to say this first off, you know, I don't know if Brooklyn is going to exactly part away with Mikael Bridges right now. I don't know, unless like the right trade is presented to them. But Mikael Bridges was really good with Brooklyn, obviously 26 points in the 27 games he played with Brooklyn. He shot 47% from the field and 37 from three. We all know how good he, how good of a defender he is. You know, he shot 89% from the free throw line with Brooklyn, so that helps too. We all know Mikael Bridges is, is quickly blossoming into a star in this league, right? But I just feel like he, you know, a type of player like him is like the one piece this Knicks team needs. It's like the one piece this team needs to really, you know, elevate themselves to that upper echelon of like title contenders. You know, a player like him, a guy who can score in quick bursts, a guy who can defend well, a guy who's always available too. He like never misses a game. I don't think he's even missed a game in like five years or something like that. He's been, you know, he's always available. He's always playing. He's durable. He, you know, he plays good basketball too. And of course, the connection with Jalen Brunson and Josh heart helps too you know that Villanova connection I feel like that would be impactful as well you know he's already got chemistry with those two guys so I think he would kind of just fit right in he's even said before he loves playing at MSG so you know I think he would he would love to come to the Knicks but realistically I don't know how likely it is that Brooklyn does trade away Mikael Bridges given how well he performed from this year they might try to want to possibly explore building around him but it's something maybe to look look towards 
if like maybe towards the deadline if Brooklyn is struggling or even in the offseason if Brooklyn decides hey you know what we don't want to keep him we want to you know get younger pieces to bring in and build around them and kind of just have a full-on rebuild and not try to you know try to become a contender if that makes sense so it's something to look at you know I don't know how likely it is like I said that the Knicks will go ahead and get Bridges I would love him because to me that's like the pipe dream trade to go get Mikael Bridges I think he'd be the perfect missing piece I think that's really what he is really at this point but who knows what we get at this point I think that's someone though to explore and to look at what do you think about that yeah, no, Michael Bridges is one of those guys where, like, you know, you, you you see that upside. You can see how the fit would be excellent in New York. I mean, could you imagine a starting lineup where you have, you know, Brunson and Bridges, potentially even Randall? You know, that gives you a guy who's going to be, you know, taking on all those tough defensive assignments. You know, whether you have Josh Hart in there, Quinn and Grimes in there. Um, you know, and then you have Mitch as well. I mean, that that lineup would be really strong. But I think the two contentions, number one is, as you mentioned, will they trade him? And also, will they trade him in the same market? Like, not saying that, you know, the Nets are dumb, but they seem to be a little petty, at least, at least with the Kyrie thing where they refused to trade him to the Lakers or they didn't want to trade him to the Lakers. At least that was the report. Maybe um, that was maybe that was not true. I don't know. Um, but if that is true, I, I don't think it would be shocking if Josiah was like, yeah, we're not trading you to the Knicks. You're going, you're not going to go play across down from us. Um, but, you know, and, and then kind of the second thing here is, you know, the price tag that Bridges would come with. The Nets would want a lot for Bridges. And if they're not sure they're going to trade him, that means that they're going to need a package that would convincingly get them Michael Bridges. You know, is that a star level package? probably in terms of picks and are you trading for a, is, is michael bridges a superstar that takes the knicks to an nba championship i think that's a fair question to ask and i don't know if he does i i don't know if he does that for the new york knicks and if you're investing all your assets into one guy like is he better than donovan mitchell right i'm i don't think so i think it'd be a little bit of a stretch to say better than d mitch but when the Cavs acquired d mitch they turned from play-in team to getting bounced out by a Jalen Brunson-led Knicks team. And we can sit here and say, well, we have better depth, but your depth gets touched into when you, whenever you decide to trade for a guy, um, you know, your depth gets that, that's the point, that's the place where you start trading out from, you know, those picks that you're used to having, or you're accustomed to having, you no longer have as many of them. Um, you no longer have the ability to go out and make those trades. Um, and you kind of are put in a situation where you have to ask yourself, is this the investment that makes the Knicks that much better? Now, um, if it was a situation where they like swap stars, like if they moved like Randall for Bridges, right, and it cost them fewer picks or something like that, that could work. But if you're the Nets, why would you go from building around Bridges to building around Randall? No disrespect to Randall, but Bridges is kind of a more versatile player, I feel like. I feel like you could throw him into any starting lineup. He's kind of one of those guys that just melds well. His play style works well in a modern game. Um, you know, so there's a lot, I think the logistical fit for bridges is not like in terms of basketball, like strictly basketball, it makes so much sense. Like, you know, you, you think about what he could do with New York. I mean, good God, but from like a, what it would take to get him and the chance of him ending up here standpoint, I don't think it's very likely. Um, but a guy I've been talking to you about, and I've been like, like almost like obsessing about to you, who was his teammate last year, Cam Johnson is a free agent. You do not need to trade for Cam Johnson. Maybe you have to do a sign and trade, but you're not going to need to trade meaningful assets for for Cam Johnson, who last year was unbelievable from three, can also space the floor, and can play the power forward position. Now, not saying that Randall is going to be replaced by Cam Johnson. I feel like just replacing Randall with Cam Johnson opens up a lot of logistical issues for you in terms of finding scoring in your starting lineup, but... You know, could he maybe move to the small forward position? Could he be a guy who's like a six-man coming off the bench? I don't really know. 
Um, but Cam Johnson from a from a bas- again, kind of like kind of like Bridges here from a basketball standpoint, it makes a lot of sense to have him on this roster. How realistic do you think it is for the Knicks to grab him? And number two, you know, and kind of something I hinted at here. Is it like can the Knicks actually fit him in their starting lineup? Is there a way for them to reasonably get him minute enough minutes for him to come to New York? Like, what what do you think that situation would look like? Right. So you know, just to add on your Bridges uh, point for a moment here. Yeah, I agree. It's a little you know tough to get Bridges, of course, because you know he's going to be pricey. Brooklyn is might be a little petty, like you said, and not trade him to a crosstown rival. And they also might want to get like one of our stars off our team. You know just to kind of complement the trade a little bit. So, yeah, I acknowledge that it would be very tough to get Bridges, and I don't. I, I kind of want to reiterate this before I move on to Cam Johnson here. I don't think it's highly likely that Bridges becomes a Nick. I don't, but I do think that it's something that can happen. It just depends on what both sides feel about it. You know what I mean? It's just something to watch. I definitely think it's something to watch because if there's any other team other than Brooklyn, that Bridges could go to. I feel like the Knicks is the top spot. I feel like you said, it, it just makes sense. It makes the most sense. He's, it's probably the best fit at this point and in the best position to you know, elevate the team to even a better winning spot. But moving on to Cam Johnson. I, I like Cam Johnson as well. And I do think Cam Johnson could be a solid fit. And like you said, it would take less uh, assets to get him. You know, like you said, excellent three-point shooter. He averaged 16 points in Brooklyn, shot 46% from the field, 37 from three. You know, obviously it's a little bit down from the 40% from three he shoots, but 37% from three is amazing still nonetheless. You know, so like you said, awesome shooter. He's a good defender. He's versatile. He's pretty tall too. He's like, what is he? He's six foot eight and 210. So he's pretty tall. You know, he's not no like he's not like a midget or anything. He's he's pretty big. He can play the power forward spot and if you, you know, wanted to throw him maybe in the small forward spot even if you wanted to go bigger, then you could do that too. I feel like given his height, you're going to probably put him at the 4 spot just a little more. I know he's not the best rebounder. He only averaged 4 rebounds a game this season, but the 6 foot 8 height, you know, with the defense, you might want him matched up against, you know, guys that are around that height and not guys that are, you know, smaller so they could sneak by and get get him in foul trouble or anything like that. I feel like just for matchup purposes they would do that, but I do see a possibility for him to come here. I feel like too, he's the type of guy you could kind of slot in either in the lineup or off the bench. I feel like you have, you know, more flexibility with that necessarily. I don't think you don't you strictly have to put him in the starting lineup. I do think though if you were to get him that means though that like one of Barrett or Randall spot is kind of jeopardized a little bit. And I always say that because like, you know, Cam Johnson's the type of guy that's going to be playing a lot. That's just how he is. You know, he scores a lot and he's a very high volume scorer. He scores at a high level. So he's going to be playing. And of course the defense too, you're going to value his defense more. So with that being said, I feel like, you know, he's going to, like it might jeopardize Barrett or Randall's spot. I do, but it depends what direction the Knicks feel like they want to go towards. If they feel like they want to run it back with Barrett and Randall one more time, then maybe they don't go get Cam Johnson. Maybe that's not what they end up doing. If they feel like they want to move on from one of those pieces, maybe Cam Johnson will become like the the fallback option or something like that. But even if they keep Barrett and Randall, if they find a way to slot in Cam Johnson somewhere, that'd be amazing. I would love that. But again, it just matters about the fit, what kind of role he would have, and what how that would affect the other guys' role. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, I mean, this may be a hot take, um, and I'm, I'm ready to get blasted for this in the comments. Don't worry about it. Um, you know, if you replace R.J. Barrett from 2022, so last year, with Cam Johnson's 2022 season, now, Cam Johnson was hurt, so so this I'm, I'm going to throw that out for a second here. If you had those two for 82 games based on their play last year, 
the Knicks win more games with Cameron Johnson in the lineup. That's that's something that I think is fair to say. The numbers would back that up. The fit would back it up as well. Better spacer, better defensive player last year. Um, you know, not saying that you have to trade RJ Barrett just to get Cam Johnson. I feel like even if you are an RJ doubter, I think that's kind of weird where it's like, you know, you're like, yeah, we traded RJ Barrett just to get Cam Johnson. It'd be like, it's a little weird. It's a little weird, you know, to, you know, especially considering that's a contract could probably move in a star deal, right? Because he ha- he's going to make a good amount of money. He's still young enough and has enough promise where a team is going to buy on the upside. Um, and if you're a team, it's better than losing the star for nothing. Um, and, you know, kind of looking at it from the perspective of, you know, what Cam Johnson is, his points per game went up when he went to Brooklyn. Are those shots necessarily available for him in New York? I'm not sure. He did play with Bridges and Dinwiddie. So maybe he can figure out how to work in a system where he's not going to be the one or two. Um, but good Lord. I mean, could you imagine that fit though? Right. You know, not saying, you know, if, even if you, if you remove Barrett from the starting lineup, you put Cameron Johnson in there and you have Brunson, Grimes, Johnson, Randall and, and Robinson, that's a, a very well-balanced lineup. As you mentioned, Johnson's, you know, weakness is rebounding. The Knicks are a pretty good rebounding team. And I think they can kind of cover up for those flaws, you know, basketball and forming a lineup, you know, is all about figuring out the different weaknesses of different guys and, and, and pairing them with guys who cover up their weaknesses. Jalen Brunson struggles defensively. Put him with three or four guys, you know, who are, you know, Randall's not a great defender, but he is a body and he's pretty physical. Um, but you have Grimes, you have Robinson, you have Johnson in there. That makes up for those defensive deficiencies from Jalen Brunson. You know, um, Mitchell Robinson cannot shoot for his life. The offseason videos, look, he's the greatest offseason player of all time. I will, I think Mitchell Robinson in the offseason is basically Nikola Jokic combined with, like, LeBron James, right? He's unbelievable. But in regular season and postseason basketball, when the games count, uh, I don't want him dribbling up the floor. <laughs> Could you imagine Mitchell Robinson going between the legs, step back three? You've said this, MSG would burn to the ground, but that's not happening, right? So to cover up for that, you need a lot of shooting. Um, Barrett struggles from three. That's something that I think hampers the lineup. It makes it there's not as much space in the interior for Mitch to dominate or for Randall to go in there and try to dominate. Um, you know, and, and I think improving the shooting on this team would help. I think Johnson, instead of Barrett, is it's one of those things where it's like, I don't necessarily think I'm all in on just erase RJ Barrett from the New York Knicks and throw in Cameron Johnson there. But I do think it's a better fit. So I wonder how that would work going forward. But kind of to wrap up here, because we spent so much time talking about Cam Johnson, I feel bad. Um, but, you know, I think he's like, as among free agents, excluding Josh Hart, he might be my favorite fit. Um, but we'll have to wait and see on that. You know, I don't know if there's any more guys you wanted to talk about, like anyone in specific, um, because I know there's one last thing I wanted to get to. So I know that uh, I wanted to hand it off to you and see if you had any more options you want to talk about. Yeah, I don't really have many more options at the moment. I've, you know, primarily been focusing on wings and guard guard type players or guard slash wings type players. I know Cam Johnson is more of a wing, but, you know, I'm in favor of that. I am in favor of Cam Johnson possibly coming here. It just matters about the fit. And like you said, you know, if you're going to deal RJ away just to replace him with Cam Johnson, it's kind of just like, eh, you probably could have done a little better than that. But, you know, we'll just have to see how it works out. You know, obviously Cam is a free agent, so... You don't have to trade really much at all if, unless you do a signing trade, of course. But you don't really got to trade anything really to get him. It's just a matter of what kind of role would he have. And would that mean you have to move some assets to get him a, ro- a proper role in this team? That will just be a wait and see moment. You know, I do like his game though. So I feel like you could find a way to get him in here. It just matters about the other guys. But um, I don't really have any other guys. You know, I really just... My biggest guy really is honestly Gary Trent Jr. at the moment. 
until I learn more about what other free agents are available at the moment. Because I don't want to pay James Harden $200 million. I'll just point that out right now. I do not want the Knicks to go get James Harden. That's what I will point out at this very moment. I don't think it's worth it at all. So, therefore, <clears throat> my biggest guy is probably, like, Gary Trent Jr. Mikhail Bridges would be the pipe dream, but I don't think it's as likely as possibly getting, like, Trent Jr. Those are kind of just my final thoughts on it. Do you have anyone else in mind that you want to touch on? Yeah, no, the one guy I do want to touch on, and I think, you know, I'm going to keep my segment on this brief. Um, if I see one more Carl Anthony Towns to New York, uh, you know, not not suggestion because I think it's a fair question to ask, but because I like the opportunity to say no. But if I see someone suggest that Carl Anthony Towns should be a New York Nick, I'm going to lose my mind. Um, he's making $60 million. Like, I see people like, trade him, trade him for Randall. <laughs> you think I'm going to trade Randall? Look, Randall is, it was bad in the postseason. Guess who let, guess who got stopped by Jokic? Again, Jokic is not like the worst defender in the world, but he's not Giannis. You got what I'm saying? Or he's not like prime Rudy Gobert. Um, if Carl Anthony Towns, could you imagine Carl Anthony Towns having to guard Joel Embiid? I don't want to imagine that. So because I don't want to imagine that, let's just leave it at, you know, let's not. So I don't know if you have any, I know that you and I agree here, but I just want to give you the floor on this one. Yeah, I'm not very strong on the idea of Cat coming here whatsoever. You know, that's why we haven't talked about him. You, me, you and I both know very well that we think Cat to the Knicks would be an awful fit quite frankly you know if you were if you were to keep randall even you know and you paired him with cat that front court defense would be so bad so bad yes offensively it would take a step up big time of course but defensively oh god it would be so bad trying to watch julius randall and or carl anthony towns try to guard guys like joel Embiid or Giannis or Jokic. even you know god that'll be not good and like you said, of course, the contract is extremely unattractive. $60 million for a center who mostly shoots? Uh, yeah, not that's not really like the, my type of fit whatsoever. You know, I'm all for upgrading at the center position. I know we highlighted on our page Yusuf Nurkic, and I'm not saying that I want Yusuf Nurkic. No, I don't. But I definitely don't want to shell out a bunch of assets for Carl Anthony Towns when I don't think Carl Anthony Towns makes the difference. Not saying like Nurkic does. No, of course not. I'm not like pro Yusuf Nurkic or anything like that. I kind of just wanted to see what everyone else thought about Nurkic when we posted that yesterday. So, you know, whatever you thought about it, you thought about it. If you liked him, you liked him. If you don't want him on here, that's cool too. I, I you know, I agree with both sides. I see both sides of it. But with that being said, you know, just segue back on Cat. Yeah, no. Cat to the Knicks is a no-go simple as that it's you know bad contract i think it'd be a bad fit and i just yeah i, I don't think he really makes this team like to where we want to be and like you said the playoffs too if you thought randall was bad in the playoffs go look at carl anthony towns that's all i want to say if you thought randall was bad in the playoffs just go look at towns he was worse so yeah no i look end of the day um you know i think my, my i just wanted to bring up carl anthony towns to make it very clear i do not want carl anthony towns this team dylan does not want carl anthony towns this team you should not want carl anthony towns this team go get an alec burks jersey again because you know maybe he'll come back but no in all seriousness you know um i know this is not as exciting in terms of you know just sitting here and talking about like we're gonna bring in joel and beat and this and that but you know I, I think realistically you know you have to you have to go into every offseason looking for depth because you know looking at the suns looking at a lot of these teams that you know have star level players and get knocked out it's it's the depth that kills them look at the knicks how, how'd they lose it was their depth kind of not doing what they needed to do it's not like Jalen brunson didn't show up i know randall did, didn't but the knicks have won plenty of games without randall showing up it's their depth that failed them they, they beat the Cavs in five either without randall or with randall playing poorly 
I, I promise you that Randall playing poorly is not the only reason why they lost. Um, you know, having better depth, having a better percentage from three, doing things like that, you know, it'll it'll go a long way and it'll, those things add up in, over the course of a season. But with that being said, we'd love to know what you guys think in the comment section below. Did we miss anyone that you guys think would be an interesting guy for us to talk about? If you guys do, we'll definitely make sure to, to uh, cover them in a future video. The most liked suggestion for a player um, that you guys think we should trade for, we will make a video on. Unless it's like someone really bad. If it's Alfred Payton, we're not making a video on Alfred Payton. Um, but with that being said, again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I will see you guys on the next episode. Peace out.